Episode 243, Black Panther. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I have just seen a fantastic movie. Just, just wonderful. Just gorgeous. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox is what we're here to talk about. Oh, no. I, I no. thought you were going to say uh, Winter Soldier because I just watched Winter Soldier and it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're not here for Cloverfield Paradox because if you don't know, I hated that movie. I was going to ask, is that any good? Oh, I, 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 yeah. And you know me, I, I'm forgiving mm. to bad movies. And, and I, I, yeah. Oh, it's over on Strangers and Aliens. You can, you can hear me and Evan argue. Um, <laughs> no, <yeah>. really? <laughs> now, that other voice over there is, uh, Stuart and he's, Hi. He's chiming in from the DP. And then we've got Samantha. Hi. And I have not seen anything from the Cloverfield series, so I have not seen Paradox. But it sounds like I'm not missing out on that one. No, no. But 10 Cloverfield Lane, don't miss it. It's on Hulu, and it's good. Is is the first Cloverfield any good? Because I haven't seen any of them either. Do you like found footage, and do you like Godzilla, and do you like them together? See, that that last... That last part I don't know about. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy some Godzilla. I mean, it, who doesn't? Really, it, it, it's yeah. really not a bad movie. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's a found footage movie, but they do a decent job with it. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Like I said, we we did a whole episode over on another podcast. You can find you it listen over there. to that. You'll yeah, that. yeah. But um, no, we're here to talk about an actual movie that I did not feel bad spending money on. And uh, I was going to ask, was there was there toll roads involved? You know, you are not the first person to ask me that question. <laughs> I, <laughs> and no, no, there were not. <laughs> um, Good. <laughs> hey, uh, just here's our warning. We are going to spoil this movie. And so and in just a moment, we're going to get into some nitty gritty details. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I'm just going to ask you, Samantha and you, Stuart, do you think someone who's listening to this podcast right now? Would they be? Would you recommend that they go and see this movie? Yes or no, or maybe so. I would say if you haven't seen it yet, where have you been for the past few days? Seriously. But what if they're at work and, and tired, and you know have other responsibilities? Uh, I would say adulting uh, responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> this is what I'm saying. Well, then, if you're an adult, then you are accustomed to losing sleep. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. show. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I would say um, you should see it because you are an MCU fan, and this is an MCU movie. It's got Marvel on the front of it. Yeah, and I would agree. And so what we're trying to say here is 
if you haven't seen the movie yet, don't let us spoil it for you because mm-hmm. we are about to talk about this movie and we're going to get into the nitty gritty details. We're not playing the spoiler organ to give you fair warning as we do like half the podcast, this just dancing around the spoilers. We're going to jump right into mm-hmm. it uh, like we would with a uh, agents of shield episode. And honestly, um, if you like the MCU, you really need to see this movie because it's the movie before infinity war. So, right. And we're going to talk about that too momentarily. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm sad that we are not going to hear the spoiler organ in this podcast episode. I really am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, that bumper. <laughs> it yeah. makes me laugh every time. You know, I, I've, I've toyed with the idea of changing it uh, every, no. every once in a while. And, and honestly, <laughs> no, Samantha, it's your voice that's in my head saying, don't change it. Don't change it. <laughs> don't. I love it so much. <laughs> so. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I the other thing I thought about is finding a different organ, you know, just getting one. With I, a, I think I think but, anytime you would change anything, Samantha's going to tell you no. So well, unless you just leave it to her, leave it for her, it's, you know, you know what? I'm open to change. So if you run it by me first, I will tell you if it's good. OK, but I I just I, 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 I love that. that spoiler organ as the, the way it is. Just, <laughs> Well, my, my feeling is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it ain't, it broke, ain't broke, yeah. And, and if it ain't broke, then why waste your time fixing it? Because mm-hmm. you know, there's other things to do, like going and seeing a movie like Black Panther right. that if I am you have so the glad between, <laughs> I went and saw. If you have the choice between seeing Black Panther and fixing the spoiler organ music, I would say see Black Panther. Well, I hate to spoil something, but if um, <laughs> Chala's sister has anything to say about it. <laughs> That's true. I will just leave it there. <laughs> That's true. If it ain't broke, uh, go ahead. Make it better. That's that's kind of her, <laughs> her feeling. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but to be fair, she's not fixing it. She's making it better. Yeah. And you know, so there's... if you want to make yeah, if you want to make the spoiler organ better. Run it by me first, okay. and I will give right. you a thumbs up or All thumbs right. down. I, if if I take the time to do so, I will, I will run it by you first. I, I doubt okay. that I'm going to, because there's a little bit of relief when that little voice says, don't fix it, don't change it. I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not, I don't have to waste my time on this. The little voice change saves it. me. It saves me. You don't me. have to. Yeah. No. All right. Okay. So we're going to go through my uh, my review grid so to speak. And we're going to talk about plot characters, style and themes. And I think the best place to start would be plot. As we talk about the story of this movie, how it fits into the MCU and how it fits into the lead up to the next Marvel movie, which is infinity war Ant-Man and the wasp and that one too. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, let's just talk about the story. I mean, I, my son, I went, I took my 16 year old son and on the way home, he just kept saying that was so good. That was so good. And for him, he kept saying he was not expecting any of the plot twists. It, it, the, the whole movie was surprising him. The, the story surprised him when black Panther was thrown off the cliff. He, he thought maybe he's dead. He could be dead. And he was, the movie swept him along. Uh, it swept me along too, but I also felt like I know where this is going. 
as soon as you see two Black Panther suits and you saw the trailer, <laughs> you know bad guy's going to be wearing one. But mm-hmm. that didn't take away from the goodness of the thing. Uh, the fact that the, the story to me was a little predictable. There were still some surprises and still some very interesting things that happened. But it was a little predictable. That didn't take away at all. Didn't take away at all. It just meant that it was following a tried and true you know, hero's journey. And, uh, but there were some surprises. Uh, were you surprised by anything? I wasn't surprised that um, T'Challa would be presumed dead and then found alive later. Because I've read Hero with a Thousand Faces, and that's what happens in, when you read that book. You, you learn about these tropes and stories. Well, uh, the father figure must die. Father figure the must mentor, die? Yeah, the mentor must die. And Yeah, and the hero at some point needs to be presumed dead. And the, the hero needs to be armed and given gifts of weapons with which they will use. The, and those weapons don't have to be actual weapons. They can be... Like in a drama, that might be they're they're armed with knowledge or they're armed with uh, a new sense of self, you know, that kind of thing. But in this case, we actually got Q. I mean, this yeah. <laughs> this is what I told my friend. I, I actually I've told a couple of my friends, and all of them when I I told them this, they're like, "Oh, why can't I go see this movie?" Because uh, they haven't gotten a chance to see it yet because they had adult life to to do. Um, it was one part Marvel superheroes. It was one part James Bond and is one part Lord of the Rings. That's no, it's two parts Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you think two parts? I think just one part. Well, but there's two. Okay. <laughs> uh, for for me, I did. I knew T'Challa wasn't dead because I'd, I'd seen the trailer for Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> so so I and and uh, I'm gonna feel. Oh, just say it. Okay. I'm not wasn't a big fan of this. Oh, really? It wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was. I I didn't hate it. By no means did I hate it. A bad MCU movie is um, better than than most most movies, right? Um, Except for Thor two. But that's still the running joke, and I actually really like that on the rewatch, so I can't use that anymore. Interesting. Um, No, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You should be listening to another show. Life changes. Yeah. So I'm excited to rewatch this again. I definitely feel like I need to watch it again, but I haven't, you know, life. Um, so when it comes on on DVD or whatever, and I can watch it again, I mm-hmm. will definitely be watching it again. Um, it didn't feel like a big action movie. It felt like a family drama movie, which is what I believe yeah. it is. Yeah, no, um, it totally is. Like, it is. Akin, akin to something like The Godfather, right? Where it's epic, it's sweeping, there's a lot of intrigue, there's a lot of, you know, disgraced sons and disgraced family members coming back and, and changing things and, and moving towards things, something like that. And I'm not sure I was in the mood for that movie when I went and goes, when I went and see it, when I went and saw it. So that's kind of where I'm coming from this. Well, I went to Letterboxd where uh, Evan reminded me that I had actually done a ranking of every single MCU movie that I didn't know I had done. I forgot doing it, uh, but wow. I did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went to Letterboxd to find my rankings and to insert Black Panther. And do you not, you know where I, I placed Black Panther in, in the pantheon of, was it 18 now? 18 Marvel yes. movies? Yeah. yeah. It's number two. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's number two. Winter wow. Soldier is number one. Uh, Doctor Strange is number three. Um, Civil War, Ultron, Captain America, First Avenger, Guardians of the Galaxy, Homecoming, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Iron Man 3, Thor Ragnarok, Thor, Iron Man, Thor, Dark World, Iron Man 2, and Hulk. That's my my ranking. Now, bear in mind, none of those movies are movies I hate. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so when I do this ranking, it's not like it's I love the number one and I hate number 18, but right. the top. I mean, there's got to be a one and there's got to be an 18. Right. And you it, just. Yeah. And so Winter Soldier is number one still, but Black Panther is number two and Doctor Strange is number three. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I did do some shifting around uh, when I went back to put in Black Panther because I had forgotten that I had this list and I hadn't put in Spider-Man yet. I hadn't put in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yet. Thor Ragnarok. I, yeah. I'm going to have to get on that letterbox. Thing. <laughs> I, have, I have three lists. One list is MCU. <laughs> one list is MCU characters before they entered the MCU. So it's like um, <laughs> the Doctor Strange TV movie and you know those things. Uh, and then the other list is the Cloverfield franchise. Um, so oh. just, just going back to that. But, uh, you know, those three movies, I, I put them in order. And, um, yeah. I, <laughs> One I, has to be I, first. Yeah, but I have started doing uh, my movie watching diary uh, for 2018, yeah. which has three movies on it. Um, Black Panther and Cloverfield Paradox. Are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, What's the third one? Uh, Godzilla Planet of Monsters. The, uh, the anime from Netflix. Okay. Anyway, that's where I place it. So, Stuart, I don't know where you're where would place on your list, but I I will let I will let you and the show know when I get my letterboxed (laughs) account and 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 update my list. Well, let me (laughs) ask you this, though. If you're thinking you don't have to rank them either, like just just Mm -hmm. imagine you've got three groups and you've Mm -hmm. got your favorites, which would include, I would assume, you know, Captain America, you know, just that top third. Then you have that middle third, which is you know, the, the ones you kind of like, and then you have the bottom third, which is the ones that you tolerate They're MCU and you don't mind it if you're watching it, but you're not excited about seeing them again. This, this is sort of, you know, a minus B plus territory. Like I can, I really do appreciate it for a work of cinema. I mean, it is a very well crafted movie, you know, and I, and I enjoyed it on that end. Um, and I enjoyed it for the story it was telling. Yeah, I found the story a little predictable. Yeah, I knew T'Challa was not dead when he fell off the cliff because he, um, you know, I'd seen him in the trailer for Infinity War about a thousand times now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I knew that. But, you know, those two things aside, I, it's a it's a good movie. I just don't think I was in the right mindset to watch what they wanted to show me. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one thing to go in for, um, I don't know. It's one thing to go in for, uh, let's see. uh, Well, it's one thing to go in for a Spider-Man movie and then you get King Lear, you know, like, right. um, (laughs) All right. Samantha, where do you fall on all this? Oh, you know, I do not like to rank movies. Not asking you to rank though. I'm just asking you. If I like it. How do you like it? How did you like it? I loved it, except I had technical difficulties during my viewing experience. 
<laughs> the projector was not turned up in its brightness enough to see certain scenes. Oh, like okay. Well, that's nighttime scenes. And I was frustrated with the beginning scene where um, he first, uh, the Black Panther uh, first meets Nakia. And I could barely see the car chase scene. Oh. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really dark. Even Stan Lee looked like he had a tan. It was it was really dark. <laughs> was was this uh, a 3D showing? It was 2D. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the, the, just the bulb, the bulb's probably on its last few hours. And, you know, they changed it yeah. right after that showing. Actually, probably. They, they probably didn't because... I know theater owners a lot of times just want to la- just use that right. bulb as long as they can. Yes. Um, and I know some theater expensive. owners, they they intentionally dim the bulb on 3D movies because they have to shine a brighter light for the 3D to really work and pop. But they'll 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 dim the bulb uh, mm-hmm. intentionally so that it doesn't doesn't die as fast because it is super, super expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I spoke to the manager and she comped uh, my tickets. So. Ah, you go see it again. Yeah. Very there you good. go. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, I. I mean, it's clear. I love this movie. You know, this is like I said, number two. Um, and, and now that I was thinking about it, um, King Lear is not uh, a bad uh, comparison as far mm-hmm. as just that Shakespearean family thing, where you have the. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the people trying to take over and you have the the rightful king who needs to fight for his throne. And I mean, there's obviously a lot of differences between this and King Lear or this and any other Shakespeare play. But at the same time, it it does have those same emotional beats. And uh, if not the um, language changing <laughs> uh, structure of, of the, the script. But yeah, this I. I don't know, man. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie and I walked out and even though, like I said, and like we've said, there's things that you are expecting. I didn't expect, for example, um, I didn't expect claw to die. I, that just, right. It just happened. It was yeah. a great moment. You're not expecting it. Um, some of the text, and he's actually dead too. It's not like yeah. we're going to have a zombie sit well situation or, or anything like that. I mean, he's, he's, Dead from the neck up, dead from the neck down. Yeah, yeah, and a total surprise, but mm-hmm. not a complete. Uh, it's not one of those surprises where, like, well, where'd that come from? Right. I mean, it worked. Yeah, it, it totally. And did. I don't feel, and I don't feel robbed. Like, I don't feel like he. Oh, we're missing him in the in the MCU anymore. I mean, I feel like he came and he did, and he's gone. Yeah. Well, and the MCU is getting so big. But right. there, there's no room for everyone to have, you know, continuing character arcs. And so when a character does die and a character dies and stays dead, um, it's it's OK, you know, because he had his time to shine. And next next movie, we're going to have other villains and next Black mm-hmm. Panther movie. We're going to have other villains. Um, I, I was expecting Killmonger to die until I wasn't. And and then and then he died. Like, like, I totally yeah. was like, oh, he's going to die. He's going to wait a minute. Why is it? Because this one, maybe this gets into themes a little bit. But, you know, in Civil War, uh, the whole point of uh, Black Panther's character is to kind of show us the way of of how to deal with people that are trying to 
create divisions, you know, and, and trying to cause problems for you. And he makes it so Zemo can't kill himself, you know, mm-hmm. and he he could be seeking out revenge, but he doesn't. And here he's he's fighting. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this going against what's going on, you know, in, in that movie? And no, it's not, because in the end, he's like, I, I stopped you. But now I can save you. We can save you. Um, and I'm I'm like, oh, OK, he's not going to die. And then it was a surprise because he did. Even though I was expecting him to die from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how this fits into the MCU then, because this is the movie before Infinity War. Okay. Does it feel like the movie before Infinity War? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this can can stand alone by itself. And it's still, I mean, I don't think you really need to see much before this movie in order to understand what was going on. Um, even though if you haven't seen uh, Civil War, I think you would understand um, that he lost his father and he was still mourning his father when he has to go through all of all of these other troubles. Yeah, the party, Absolutely. the party plays in Civil War is important and it's a it's yes. a worthy movie of seeing anyway. But I, I think you're right, Samantha. I, I totally you know, this could stand on its own. And that's smart. The one thing that I'm getting tired of is the tag scenes at the end. You know, the the tag scenes at the end of this movie could have and maybe should have been before the credits because they just they they were they were continuing the story. They weren't they weren't like teasing you of anything. Uh, I mean, right. I, I could have totally seen Bucky having a little bit more presence in this movie and then the the other tag scene that was what was it what was the other tag scene uh t'challa announcing that he was basically opening up uh wakanda borders to the rest of the world yeah it was him before the un it was actually him before the un the un uh it reminded me of superman 4 um oh yeah (laughs) which is not maybe maybe it's not a good comparison but in superman 4 you had superman changing the world in the movies and it's kind of wish fulfillment of I'm coming and I'm going to take away all the nukes. And it's this wish fulfillment that Christopher Reeve has. And it's the same kind of thing here uh, where, yeah. <laughs> where he, he's coming before the UN. And he's saying, we are going to open our borders. Uh, we are going to begin trade and we are going to share our technology. And, and, you know, and it's like, oh man, <laughs> can you believe what it would be like if it was, if that was real? And, right. and, Oh my goodness. And we have, we finally have flying cars. Yes. Well, we of course have they already cars. have them in the MCU, but right. Yeah. No, but, but, but that's almost his, I am Iron Man moment, right? That should have been the very last scene of the movie. And then, you know, him, him we're going to open our borders. Woohoo. Great. And then it ends on something that's impressive, right? It ends on this upswing. And then the, you know, the Bucky tag scene. And then for crying out loud, let's show Thanos or something or the (laughs) gem, just show the gem, you know? Right. (laughs) And the thing is they do a different. I am Iron Man moment because it's on the playground and the kid, the kid comes running up. Who are you? And that he just smiles and it's a great cut to credits, great cut to credits moment. But, yeah, I, so then, so then, I guess the question there is, why do you even need him saying oh, we're going to open our borders? 
because I mean, th- that's a world changing event. And yeah, it is because here's the, th- I guess we're getting to themes here. It's really interesting to me. And, and I don't want to get too political. Uh, I don't get political on purpose in public forums. Uh, so I'm, I'm afraid of the kind of doors that this is going to open, but, um, this before movie, you get started, it's going to be very hard not to get political in this movie. That's, that, that's, yeah, true. that's true. That's true. Because this movie is a very politically charged movie. It is. And I'm going to say this then, this is an anti-Trump movie in the best possible way. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is you have a character who comes from a place who's talking about how we can't let anyone in and we'll go out, but we're not going to let anyone in. And they've actually built a wall, you know, it's a it's a really awesome high tech wall. But then this is about him turning against that and and saying literally yelling at his father. He gets the opportunity to yell at his father. <laughs> Uh, even though his father's dead and say, you're wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. You're doing this wrong. You did this wrong. I'm going to do it different. And I can't be dead right now because I have to, I have to go back and we have to make, make this work and make it good. And, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, you know, and, and so you get, and that, that's about as much as I want to say. You know, I, I, I just I don't like getting political because it just creates more arguments. And I think I feel like getting political in a lot of times it creates arguments that nobody's going to win and nobody's going to be happy afterward. And maybe in some ways that may be the right thing to do. Get into arguments that no one can win and and create more division between people, uh, because maybe you maybe it is the right thing to create division between you and the other people. I just I don't feel that way. And and so I want to be careful. I say this, but at the same time, they're talking about doing things in a responsible way, too. So even as they're saying we're going to open borders, they're not saying we're going to open borders and we're going to just let anything goes. Not saying that at all. They're saying we're going to open borders because we're going to help people better than we've helped them before. And we're going to, yes. you know, and, and that's where I just, that's what really gets me as this, oh yeah, you know, that's, now that hits me in the sweet spot of, you know, I, I really appreciate the idea of helping people and of, of doing things better and being better and getting better and, and choosing to say, you know what, I'm not bad right here, but it can be better. And, or, you know what, this is, this is a problem and let's make it better. So Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, think, it go, it, I think it goes beyond the current American political climate right now. I think it also goes into um, attitu- attitudes towards um, black or African-American people or just African people of African descent, period, because uh, that's not just um, isolated to the United States. Uh, and also attitudes towards women, because in this movie, you see strong female characters who are confident and strong black characters who are confident and kind and, and uh, strong in character who are looking to, and both of those demographics, they're looking to help other people and take care of other people. Yeah. Can I tell you my one big regret when I went and saw this movie? What? I didn't take my daughters after ah. I, when I walked out of that movie, mm. I was like, ah, oh. I mean, it means I have to see it again. <laughs> but, but oh no well the only thing with that is 
when? Like, I, when we get, when will I be able to find an opportunity, you know, to see this? Because there's new movies coming. You know, uh, Annihilation is coming out this weekend. I really want to see that movie. And even though that one is also seems to be a, a strong female centric movie, that's not one I really want to take my daughters to. At least not without seeing it first. And uh, I wish I would have taken my my daughters. I think they would have loved it. I know that they would have loved uh, Shuri. I, I'm I think that they would have loved the uh, the guards women and um yeah yeah and uh, Ramonda uh, the Dowager Queen I I Angela Bassett Angela Bassett yeah no I mean the the um the royal guard yeah the yeah. Uh, um, all of them then think about. You're spending quality time with your daughters. I no, I understand that, but yeah, adults, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got so much time in a week, and and also so much money in my budget. But and that was the primary reason I didn't take four kids I mean, out that's... of five. Is that's <laughs> even though our, our theater is pretty pretty cheap. It was six bucks per per ticket for me and my my son to go. But no, six fifty. Still... Sorry. So you have five kids or you have five people going to see a movie. That's 30, what? 32.50? It's a lot. <laughs> it's And that's just tickets? Yeah. I mean, I say it's a lot and it isn't, but it is. You know, I mean, there's there's a sliding scale of mm-hmm. when when we were first married, 30 bucks, not a lot of money. Now, yeah, with right. five kids, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of money. So anyway, that's my one regret. So I will say the style of this movie impressed me immensely. Um, it's got a, I, I might've skipped around on your grid. I'm sorry. Yeah, we already, I'm, we've already moved into all different kinds of areas. It, so I really like that. It doesn't look like the rest of the MCU. And, and, and so I'm doing this uh, infinity war rewatch thing, the welcome to the infinity initiative where I'm watching all the MCU movies in order. And, you know, the first couple all sort of look the same. And as we've get we've gotten further into them, um, they start to look differently and they start to take on a, a character of their own. You've got, you know, you've got Iron Man, which is kind of the spool, the cool 80s action flick techno thriller type thing. Maybe not maybe not thriller, but maybe action adventure type thing. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, which is as close to space opera as you're going to get. And then you've got, you know, Captain America, which is a really like spy, you know, Jack Ryan, 24 thriller type thing. Um, and then this is, this is. James I'm Bond, even, Lord of the Rings, James Bond, Lord of the Rings, but, but with a very specific African-American twist on it. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not African-American. It's hard for me to speak to that, but I have studied, you know, African-American films, you know, Spike Lee and, and all of this, all of these types of things. Um, and so you, you do get the sense that this is somebody who was bred in that cloth, but is also taking inspiration from Lord of the Rings, James Bond, uh, the Godfather, you know, those types of movies and sort of making something his own, which yeah. I can appreciate. Yeah, I would say story-wise, James Bond, Lord of the Rings, yeah, I can see a lot of that in there, but truly this the visual style is very African-centric. Well, let me mm-hmm. throw another one in there. Yeah. Um, no. Okay, I was going to throw in 
uh, Dark Crystal. But let me throw in Avatar. <laughs> I'll throw in Avatar uh, in that there is a creation of a whole new world here. This this world <laughs> looks unlike something. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> this looks like something completely fresh, completely new. And it, and it still takes place in our MCU. You know, it still co it still coexists right next to Iron Man. Yeah. And this is this is the missed opportunity of the episode that I'm going to talk about, because this movie is also in humans. You have the kingdom that's set apart where they have to go uh, out. Hmm. And this movie huh? is basically saying, hey, in humans. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I see what you do, but I can do it better. Yeah. Is that what this movie is saying? Yeah. Hey, and humans, you know, you, you tried and, and, you, and you did a good job trying. But yeah, let's let's show you what what it really can be. Um, because- and that's I mean, that is an argument for really taking in humans off the movie schedule. If they had this you know, sort of in pre-production and, and then production and sort of visualization and all that sort of stuff back when Feige took Inhumans off the schedule, he probably looked at that and said, that isn't anything new. This is going to be better. Yeah. Well, and I mean, here's my one thing that I've read from Feige about black Panther is that after they screened it, he told the director, uh, it was Ryan Coogler. Coogler, yeah. yeah. Um, told him this is the best one we've done, and I I can see that. I mean, I I can also well, see. I also know that um, you know sometimes you'll ask an author what's the best book you've done, and it's it's the one that they finished most recently. Right. <laughs> like that's well, but but this it goes back to what I'm what I was saying earlier. This one is the one that doesn't feel like a superhero movie, right? It's a it's a family drama. That has a superhero overlay to it. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's there's so much. It's it's King Lear. You know, it is King Lear. It is, but it's got mm-hmm. but it's got that that superhero lay on to it that that pushes it. You know, a little bit past being able to get an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly. Honestly, you take all the Black Panther superhero tech stuff out of it, and it's a very interesting sort of story that that does give social commentary, Mm -hmm. does give social uh, justice people something to talk about, does spark conversations about, you know, what if there was an African country that could, you know, save all of the African people or whatever, right? It does – talk about those those racial inequality things um but because it's got that superhero overlay onto it you know people are going to be able to to digest it a little bit better well yeah i mean that's that's it's the twilight zone effect you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's what we have here it's interesting because i have a lot of people on both sides of the fence um on my facebook feed and it frustrates me to no end sometimes um but i don't hide them just because I want to see what they're saying. I want to see what people on the left are saying. I want to see what people on the right are saying. I want to see what people on the far left and the far right are saying. And oh man, the people on the far right, they're just dumb on this. They're just, (laughs) they're, they're, they're just, Oh, this movie is, it's, it's only going to get money because 
of you know social justice warriors. <laughs> like, right. No, no, it's getting money because Disney and because good, you know, right? It, because it's got it's got the story elements that transcend any of the social justice warring that is going to happen. Yes. Like, for example, you could years later take the story and change it into a samurai film. And it would still translate extremely well. Yeah. And beyond translating, it resounds. Yes. Mm-hmm. It resounds. And and that's that's another thing. I mean, there is absolutely an element of this movie that I will never understand because of my life experience. Okay. So there's there's one packet right there. But there's also a packet of this movie where I get to see a glimpse and see what these other voices are saying. And, and that's important. You need that in art, you know, and, and that's another packet. And then you have this other packet where it is good art because yes, it reflects the, the experience of the people who created it, but it also reflects a universal experience. And so you have these three separate packets here where things that I will probably never notice ever things that I am having my eyes opened to noticing and things that are universal experience that are a part of my experience as much as they are anyone else's because I have parents, I have kids, I have siblings, you know, like that's, uh, and if you are, if you fit into any one of those categories, uh, you're going to get a universal experience out of this movie. It's not because of social justice warriors. Like you, you guys keep, Comparing it to King Lear, I could totally see Shakespeare spinning in his grave saying, I wish I had written that. That is so good. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare was alive today. I mean, he was not setting out to create the art that people are going to sit in classrooms and read in their head and take a test on it. He was no. making money. <laughs> like he, yeah. If he was alive today, he'd be making the superhero movie. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, he. Yes. He'd be like, okay, so how do I take this? How do I steal it? Because King Lear is not his. He he took King Lear from another play called King Lear. <laughs> um, That's right. He did rec- he did uh, re- uh, do remakes on other he, stories. Now his was better. I've read both of them, and True. his is better. And also his spelling is better. Kids, his King Lear is L E A R, and this one was L E no L I E R. Yeah, I can't remember now, but he, this week on grammar with Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, Middle English, I mean, the spelling back then was kind of iffy anyways. So there was you no spelled um, it how you how it sounded, you know, right there. Yeah. The, at the time, there was no stress on correct spelling in English. I don't think that really came about until maybe the 19th century. I think, I think it came out with the. Uh, the dictionary. Yeah. Like a printed, yeah. some printed dictionary stuff. That's when you start solidifying these things. Yeah. Okay. So where, where do we go from here? I mean, we've kind of been all over the place, but let's, let's talk about characters. Um, yes. Because there's some cool characters in this movie. There's some really cool characters in this movie. And I think the one who takes the cake is absolutely Shuri. I, I think that's yeah. how you say her name, but uh, Black sister, Panther's right? sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Steals every scene that she's in. Mm-hmm. And she knows it. <laughs> yeah. She is the one who you get to get the impression 
she is having the most fun because she gets to play the character who's actually having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she's cute. I mean, <laughs> she's the James Bond equivalent of, she's, of Q. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got that. She's got, she's not, she's not overly, uh, emphasized as a woman. She's kind of like a kid, you know, she's kind of got that cute little, little teenager rebellious type vibe to her. She's not, she's not overly sexualized like a, like a black pant, like a black widow. Yeah. I wonder how many times that's going to happen where I say black widow instead of black Panther. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so she's, she's not overly sexualized. She's, she's just kind of this person who has her own presence about her. Yeah. Well, she does have a rebellious streak and she has a, uh, a fun streak and, you just and and, and the, the it helps that the other characters just love her too, you know. Like, like yeah. they they're a little exasperated by her, but they laugh at her antics because, frankly, they're funny until they're mm-hmm. embarrassing. Like when she's right. you know <laughs> recording, uh, recording T'Challa uh, hit the suit and and get knocked right. back and yeah. Or like when she when she flips him off, and then the other thing that I noticed was she is very respectful of her mother, right? Mm-hmm. She's not mouthing off to her mother. Yeah, she has a little bit of, you know, mouthing off to her brother, her big brother, but really, who doesn't? But when her mom steps in and and corrects that line, that's when she, um, you know, she does she does fall into that. And and respecting the parents, I think, is a huge. It's something that's not often talked about in media, but it is a deal in media. There's a lot of disrespect for parents in media. And so it's nice to see something not doing that. Well, but that gets into the theme of family with this Mm -hmm. movie. And that scene, actually, there was a little bit of a a dissonance for me because – they're coming and they've, they're talking about, you know, we got to get prepared for the funeral for father and, and all this. But then they're like, they're joking and they're, they're kind of laughing with each other. And I'm just like, wait a minute. You know, that's a very quick turnaround until you realize that the funeral preparations are not mourning. You know, the funeral in this is very different from the funeral in Thor Mm -hmm. uh, where it's, you know, we are mourning the loss of, you know, the, the, was it, I can't remember. It was the queen, right? Did she die in Thor or Dark World? Dark World. Dark World. Dark World. Yeah. And they, you know, they send off all the the lanterns and stuff. This is a celebration. Mm -hmm. They are, they're celebrating and, and then they're moving right into, uh, the, the crowning ceremony where they're going to have the, the battle on the, on the waterfall. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just, really interesting settings and, and all these things, but is absolutely, and maybe it's not a completely new culture. It's just new to me. You know, I'm, I'm watching this stuff and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is really cool. We're, and that's another why, a reason why I would bring up Lord of the Rings or Avatar. Um, not that Avatar is great, not the greatest example of this, but Avatar is a wonderful example of world building, mm-hmm. you know, if, if not story in that world. But, uh, this that's what you have here world building and it puts it doesn't put Asgard to shame but it almost almost does um when you brought up the f- the funeral and the characters kind of joking around I wonder 
if uh, in the next Black Panther movie, and I'm saying that without an announcement because it, there has to be a Black Panther too. Um, mm. But I'm wondering if the Wakandan culture looks as at death as another phase of being. And that, that's why they're comfortable with laughing at the funeral. Well, that absolutely makes sense with the way he travels, you know, in and out of the dream state or whatever it is at the tree of life <laughs> where he's talking to his mom, talking to his dad. I mean, he doesn't, his dad might as well be a force ghost, right? Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, now it, it takes a little work to get there. You know, you have to do the ceremony and, and, or almost die. But yeah. No, when he's the, the, are they covering his face with the red sand? Yep. Yes. Wow, that was yep. that is really weird. Yes. But then when Killmonger goes, I expected him to go and and ha- and have a confrontation with with uh, uh, T'Challa's father, and he goes his place is that apartment in Oakland, mm-hmm. and he's talking to his dad, and what a beautiful conversation there. You know, and, and again, this this definitely goes into Stuart, not what you're expecting from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and and like I've said before, I don't I don't think I was prepared to watch this movie. <laughs> I don't think I, when I sat down in the seat, I was prepared to see the family drama, the family confrontation that happened in this movie. I was sort of expecting another i think i was expecting another um well winner captain america type movie mm. yeah which is my fault not it's not the movie's fault no no i mean if you look i i i'm getting frustrated at people saying that all marvel marvel movies are the same uh, no because it's not, not it's not all marvel <laughs> movies are the same it's superhero movies have certain boxes they need to check the villain. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a villain. There needs to be this kind of hero's journey that you you go on. That you're, you know, the call to action. You know, denying the call, fall, and, and all that kind of stuff. Those things, you check them off. But if you look at Doctor Strange, which yeah, are there similarities between Doctor Strange and Iron Man? Sure, there are because those characters are similar in attitude. And but the movie themselves, it's a different movie. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man. Th- these are not movies that feel the same. They, they just don't. Now, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, do they feel the same? Well, yeah, because one is the sequel to the other. <laughs> and Black Panther 2 right. will feel the same, I would think, as Black Panther 1. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it was the same and more jokes. You know, The only one that breaks the mold really is Thor Ragnarok. Which well, no, does Cap not feel like dark, dark world. I mean, Cap One is is a historical, almost you know, war, okay, yeah, you're war right. film, and Cap Two is a Jack Ryan uh, political thriller. Yeah, you're right. Spy it's a completely different thriller. movie. But then Winter Soldier is of a mold of with with Civil War. Yeah, Winter Soldier and Civil War sort of go together yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Captain America One and Captain America Two would, yeah, they they do break the mold there. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's it's, it, and I, I think I've harped on this too much, so this will be the last time I say it. Hopefully, it, it wasn't <laughs> the it wasn't that the movie was bad. It's just that I wasn't set to watch it and and get from it. I think the things that um, they wanted me to get, 
I guess. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I mean, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's it's actiony, adventure-y, sure. Um, I just I I there's a lot in it. That's all it is. There's just a lot in it, and you have to be you have to sort of be engrossed in it from from sitting down. You, you know. Well, you when can't. we when we sat down and the movie started, the mm-hmm. theater was silent. And they laughed all the right moments, but it was enraptured, just mm. just absorbing the movie, I think. Um, yeah, it was like I said, like I said, I, I, I'm excited to watch it again, especially for the rewatch, because I want to see, you know, I want to I want to be able to watch it in my own in my own house mm-hmm. where the heat isn't too high and I don't have people you know tall people sitting in front of me and all that sort of stuff maybe i'll even pop a bowl of popcorn for this one well and you know what else though you you know what you're getting into and so when you sit down to watch this one you're either going to be in the right mood or be able to put yourself into the right mood Mm -hmm. to watch Mm -hmm. it which is what happened with thor dark world let's be honest yeah yeah so what's the fourth what's the fourth thing on that grid i forget themes well um, I mean, we, I, there's lots more characters we could talk about. I mean, we haven't even talked about Black Panther as a character. <laughs> he, which, oh, T'Challa. Yeah. I, I mean, th- I think it's fair to say there is not a weak performance in the bunch. Mm-mm. Um, it's fun to see Bilbo and Gollum together. Uh <laughs> And Come on, I, just, yeah. just name them the token white guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that meme. The other yeah. meme that I've seen is they they found a, an image from uh, from the Hobbit that has Bilbo sitting there talking to Gollum, and it's a very similar framing to um, was it Everett Ross and and Claw sitting in in the room together, and huh. it's I, I wonder if they intentionally referenced that within the filmmaking because it's it's really funny when you see them side by side i have not seen that and i need to now so ryan find it don't worry ryan um googler coogler not googler coogler is a is a student of film there is no way that's not a reference no i it has to be it has to be yeah um and, and yeah, you can say student of film, but at the same time, it's also super joke. You know, like right? No, I mean he let's hang an enormous lampshade on this. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, and and to be honest, you know, I, I know Tolkien white guys, but they're the only two. I mean, they're the two white leads. It's it's a a um a black film, an African American film that has cast. Two non-Americans, by the way, <laughs> to play the two white yeah, leads in this yeah. movie, um, and and so that's that's a very that's a statement in and of itself. Yeah, and- it, it's and, and of course we're saying all this stuff, and we we have to hang a landscape on it on it ourselves. I mean, we're we're three white people talking about this movie right, right now, Absolutely. and and that's why I do say, I mean, pretty directly, there are things in this movie that I won't get. Because of my my skin color and social status that I just Mm -hmm. I can't understand without, you know, really being having it pointed out to me. Um, But but there are, again, those things that do. I 
this is what really interesting to me. Uh, when I got in the theater, we're walking in and of course everyone's coming around the corner, you know, to go walk up the stairs to get to the seats. And I, I bumped into a guy and kind of stepped on his shoe a little bit. And, uh, and of course in my, in my polite <laughs> Midwestern way, I was, Oh, sorry. And, um, you know, and it just, almost Canadian way. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the guy, he, he just almost dismisses the, the interaction. He's like, Oh, it's, it's okay. And, and just kind of waves his hand and he turns and looks at me and, and, and catches my eye. And we, we make eye contact for just a moment and he's, he's wearing a suit. He's got dreads and he's, he's African-American and he, he just looks at me. And he's just, Hey, thanks for coming out. You know? And so that, now that interaction right there, I would have, I would have expected obviously people of color to go and see this movie because mm-hmm. of what it is. But I wouldn't have even put together in my mind that me coming to that movie to him was me supporting him, you know, and, mm. uh, and I, I don't, I, I wish I could have tracked him down after I looked for him as, as everyone was coming out of the theater and my son ran to the bathroom because we had a giant Coke between us. And, um, <laughs> and I'm standing outside the theater just watching to see if I could see him come out. Cause I was like, I just want to touch base with this guy and talk to him and see, you know, what he thought, but also, you know, just what does it mean kind of thing. Um, and, so I, I still I don't know exactly what he meant when he said that other than it meant something to him. You know, the, the movie the actual... itself meant something to him. Me being there meant something to him and him being there obviously meant something to him. And it meant something very different than it meant to me and my son. But mm-hmm. that's the shared experience. That's the movie experience. That's pop culture. It means mm-hmm. something different to everyone. And there are some things that we can easily latch on to and there's some things that are hard for us to latch on to some of those hard things we need to try because fiction takes us out of our seat science fiction takes us into another world and shows us things that we don't even want to talk about in the real world but we can talk about it with superhero suits on and we can talk about it you know twilight zone star trek you know these things where they just put this 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 dressing on it and i'm not saying this is as great a social commentary uh hidden social commentary i should say as like a star trek or a twilight zone as far as hidden social commentary but it's it's still it it does the same kind of thing and it asks these different questions what ifs well i'm i will say this this is way better than code of honor and if you know what Code of Honor is, you know exactly what I mean, and you're agreeing with me. And Ben, you should know what Code of Honor is. Is that Next Generation? Like the third episode. Oh no, the third episode. Ooh. Yeah, it's the oh, one where they go to yeah. the, they go to oh, yeah, yeah that one. Dude, that made me uncomfortable in eighth grade when I didn't even know why I was uncomfortable. Right. Like I, I didn't even know so, I should be uncomfortable. So, I'm like, what is this? Oh this yeah. is way better than that. And they've done it better. <laughs> Part of it is they actually have a director who cares about it and isn't dismissing it out of hand. But we've come a long way since then. You know, we're we're sensitive to those types of things in in our media and in our um, in in our pop culture. And that's important and that's good. (laughs) And like you said earlier, that's you know, that's a very anti current state of America, right? 
Yep. I mean, his, his, his statement at the end about building bridges instead of building walls or, or whatever, I don't remember exactly how it went, but, um, that statement is not just about current events. That statement is about life, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. like he is, he is not just saying Trump's an idiot. He's saying this mm-hmm. is life. He's saying we have to do this because we are never going to get anywhere as a people, as a culture, as a group of cultures, as a race, unless we start tearing down these walls we build up between us, metaphorically, maybe literally, but, you know, but at the same time, you know, there are wrongs that need to be righted. And, and there are, you know, there are people that you, you need to take care of. And, and there are people you need to take care of because they are doing something wrong. And there are people you need to take care of because wrong has been done to them. And, and then there's also people that are in between, you know, Killmonger doing stuff that's wrong, but with motivation that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching this movie as a, a white Southerner and growing up in a mixed community, um, I was so excited for the black community to see this. And, but my experience was um, very different from others because not only am I a white Southerner, I'm also uh, a descendant of uh, Southern Quakers who uh, have hundreds and hundreds of years of coming from a culture where they see people of other race and they don't see, they see other people, they see other children of God who do not deserve to be enslaved. And so I, even though my family left the Quaker church um, about a century ago, we still have that feeling in our hearts that our black neighbors are children of God too. And so, and, but I also have seen that they've culturally also have been kept a step behind and, and to see this movie where it's directed by a black uh, director has strong black characters, has strong female characters, um, has this universal theme of that we don't need to build walls, we need to break down barriers. I am just so happy for the black community, and I really wanted to support them. I went out to a department store looking for a Black Panther t-shirt, and I could not find one because they were all sold out. I had to end up settled for a Captain America tee. And I wore that because I knew that Captain America and Black Panther are going to be together in the Infinity Wars. And yeah, I was just so excited for them. And it was it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a success. It's a yeah. blockbuster success. And I am so, so glad to see this. Yeah, no matter how you look at it, this is a successful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've kind of gone on and on, but, um, I think it's time to get some other voices, other voices Mm -hmm. involved. So before we move on to the feedback stuff, uh, is there anything we've missed that you want to talk about? I mean, there's so much like with any movie, there's so much we could talk about. So I get that we're going to miss some of what we could be talking about. And at the same time, people listening right now, quite possibly a couple times have yelled at their iPod and said, you guys, you stupid. It's you, you missed it. You know, but so, so when you yell at your iPod, mm-hmm. press pause on the iPod, dial the phone number, wait till Ben 
welcomes you to to the level seven, and then proceed to yell so that way we can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe don't yell. It's it's it. <laughs> Energy, energy will... makes for good radio. That's true. Yeah. You know, so, so keep the energy, but but lower the volume just so it sounds better when we when we play it. You know. But, so you're um, asking for constructive criticism. Always. Yes. And we play it. I mean, we play it. We 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 thank people for reviews, but we read the bad reviews. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I think the only reviews we've read have been there's one or two that were particularly clever. And then there were the ones that were particularly critical. And, and those are the ones that we actually read uh, in, in feedback. And, and part of that is because I, I take it to heart. You know, I'm, I know we're not perfect and we're not going to be perfect. And, you know, I, I may not change something specifically, but I want to be aware of what people are thinking. And um, I will say this as, as a sort of last thought. I really like the character of Killmonger. I know that he sort of maybe falls into the trope of the ant or the opposite of the main character sort of thing. Absolutely um, does. That the MCU is, is infamous for, but I think he had some very good motivations and very real motivations. Whereas somebody like Warmonger, I'm just throwing that one out there because it's maybe sounds a little bit similar. Doesn't really have um, relatable, I guess, re- you know, intentions. Killmonger, you can kind of see where he's coming from. You know, he's yeah. he he's trying to trying to raise his status. He's, he's not wrong. Not, his motivations yeah, are not that is, wrong. That is my point. It is exactly my point. He's not wrong. He is a a certain type of character who just is seeing an opportunity and seizing it. And, and how can you fault him for that? I kind of, at some points I kind of wanted him to win, (laughs) you know, I didn't necessarily want him to be the, to be the titular black, black Panther, but I kind of wanted to see where he could go, you know, given a different light, he could be a very successful person. Yeah. I've seen some uh, people uh, compare him to, um, like compare the the conflict here to to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, um, <laughs> Professor X, and Magneto. You know, I mean, there's <laughs> there's that too. Uh, yeah, but um, I think he is. I'm just gonna say it. I think he's the best MCU villain. Really? Yeah, I do. Mm. Wow, that's. That's pretty. I, I think he's the best realized MCU villain for sure. I mean, they, I don't know what he is in the comics, but they definitely made that character in this movie work in a way that makes um, it believable. I think he is, as a villain, likable. I think he has motivations that make sense to you, <laughs> the, the viewer. Um, I think that he is menacing enough. Um, and uh, yeah, the, again, it goes back to motivations, but it also goes back to, is this villain one of those villains who feels like he's the, the hero of his own story? I, I think he is. I think he's, he's also a despicable human being who does not value human life. You know, I mean, so there's, there's that as well, but, um, 
yeah, I I mean, if I was going to look at a list of the of the villains, um, he's definitely in the top. I, I don't know if not the top, but the last thing I want to do before this, I, I remember it. Uh, there's this this is something I wanted to mention before we move to feedback, and that was he talked about the sunsets of Wakanda, the Wakanda sunsets. He said his father always told him about them, and he's fighting in the cave, uh, the vibranium mines with with Black Panther and. You know, he, he's getting ready to die and, and, and Black Panther takes him and takes him up to the, the top out of the cave to look and, and see the sunset. But did you notice that that's not the first sunset that he could have seen in Wakanda? Mm. He, in that battle, when he was challenging T'Challa for the, for the, the crown, for the throne, there was a sunset behind them. And it was distracting to me how, lush and beautiful the background was as they're having this fight but again i don't think it's an accident he you know he was finally he finally sees that sunset when he's going to die and it happens when he's going to die and it's this moment this tragic moment i think made even more tragic by the fact that there were plenty of opportunities to see the sunset he just didn't get it because he was focused on revenge he was focused on killing he you know all those marks are someone who he killed and they were people that he killed on his path to get T'Challa. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it just, it struck me, uh, you know, it didn't strike me until after we were walking out of the theater and I was just thinking about that sunset and that's, that's, a, that's a great moment, but wait. <laughs> and then I was thinking about the, that other moment where, he was fighting T'Challa and totally had the sunset right there at his back. Totally missed it. There is a death theme. I wouldn't say death, strictly death, but a death and resurrection theme throughout this movie or a change from one phase into another. Um, and it's not just the death of King uh, Chaka. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry for butchering the name. Uh, from the changing from one king to another, it's it's not just sunsets. It's also there's also um, representations of physical death in this movie too. You see T'Challa being buried, and um, not just in the earth, but he also falls into water, um, and we, he, he's presumed dead. And the next time we see him, he's on in snow, which is just another form of water, and he's almost dead. And he comes. He comes back alive from that. And then uh, the next time we see him uh, back in Wakanda uh, as Black Panther, he's coming out of fire. So like a phoenix, he's rising from the ashes. Um, maybe it's more of a motif. It's just you know going from one thing to the next. But yeah, well, it's. I yeah. mean, that kind of fits in with the with the the way his character is kind of portrayed. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to say he's a Christ-like figure, but they're kind of portraying him in that in that savior figure for Wakanda. I mean, he's going to right. Wakanda's going to die, or he's going to save it, and there's kind of not really this middle ground. Yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't look at him as a as a Christ figure as much as I mean that's there's the rebirth, you know. So it's it, mm-hmm. in 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 religious terms, it's it's that. Um, it is definitely a resurrection, but it's a resurrection of, you know, you, you know, the, you die to self and, mm-hmm. 
and when you rise, you're, you are, you know, you, you have purpose and it's baptism. It's, it's, you know, in religious terms, right. it's those things. But then in the terms of like what you're talking about, Samantha, of, um, death, resurrection, burial, um, symbolic burial, uh, I mean, he, he's in water, snow, he's buried in water, yes. you know, and it's, <laughs> so you have the symbolic burial, but it's also this new life uh, coming out of the water, you know, the kind of thing. And, um, and there's just a lot of the imagery in this movie, going back to style, there's just so much lush imagery. It's beautifully shot. And again, I, I can't rave enough about this movie and, and that's why it's number two. And maybe it should be number one on my list. I, maybe I need to put a little more thought into it, but, um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't go on enough about it. I really liked it. Good. Yeah. All right. So we've got three things uh, to cover. And, uh, one of them is a, a email that came into the welcome to level seven email, uh, center, which is my office here. Uh, <laughs> another one is a blog, uh, written by uh, one of your friends, Samantha. I think you said her name was Kiki. Yeah, a Facebook, Facebook. Okay, Facebook post. post. And um, we got permission to share that, which um, I was actually really, really happy to to find that out because, um, like I said, we're we're three white people talking about this, and I I appreciate that we get to bring in uh, another voice, and um, even though it's not her actual voice, because apparently she's not feeling well, otherwise she might have been been on here with us. Um, And then we have Daniel, so. So I'm going to start with my email here um, and it's from agent Dallas and he says uh, subject line is black Panther personally, one of my favorites and an instant top three for me. I feel as, as if this film is very unique to the rest of the MCU on all levels. This is one of the strongest storylines told so far in the MCU predictable to an extent. Yes, but aren't most, if not all superhero films at this point, especially since we already know that black Panther is in infinity war. I thought that this story was well contained to itself and not having to set up any future film highlight to me is the backstory for the villain, giving him compelling reasons for his want for the throne. I've seen comments about the unforgettable action scenes. I can see that. However, I don't think this movie was about the action. I think it was about the story. I think the action helped us understand the character of T'Challa more. He never once wanted to kill anyone. He showed mercy even to Killmonger at the end of this film. Comments about Killmonger. I feel as if his backstory was more thought out than the actual portrayal of the character. I understood why he was doing what he was doing and even at times felt the emotions. However, at times I felt it over the top. I still think he's one of the better villains of the MCU. Overall, I think the character portrayals across the board were incredible. Never once did I feel like the accents were forced or off. I wanted more of Shuri. Every time she was on the screen, I wanted more. This is especially true for a scene with her and T'Challa together. I felt they were close as actors and not just their characters. Can anyone else imagine Shuri and Quill getting together to talk about American pop culture? In the end, if this movie does anything and and needs a reason to see it at all, see it for the world building that it does. From the Wakandan clothing to the different tribe dances, it opens up a whole other world to the MCU. Want to see how far Marvel Studios has come? Watch the last four films that have been released compared to the first four. It's crazy what nine to ten years of world building can do. And then he sends a follow-up email 
and says, I wish Marvel would stop showing parts of the third act in the trailers. Halfway through the film, I was able to start piecing together how the rest of the film went just through the scenes I saw in the trailer. And I would echo that sentiment myself. So that is from Agent Dallas. Uh, Dallas also sent some feedback about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we're not going to, to do those right now. So, yeah. Uh, Samantha, would you like to read yes. Kiki's Facebook post? Yes, and I'd like to preface. Kiki is, she's an African-American friend of mine. We met in college. She's intelligent. She's beautiful. She's funny. And I hope we get to hear her again from her soon. Um, so, Kiki, get better, because we'd love to have you back on. Um, but she, on Thursday, the day before um, it was officially released, um, she wrote, when I was a little girl, I used to tie my grandmother's yellow nightgown around my head so that I could have long blonde hair like Shira. I would look at my skin and wish it was fair like Ariel's because all the real princesses who lived at Disney World had fair skin. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a little girl going to see Black Panther tonight. To look at the cast and see hair like yours. To see strong, smart, brave, beautiful female characters and think, wow, they look like me. That's what this movie means to me. I recently overheard someone ask, what's the big deal about Black Panther? Why is everyone making such a big deal about it? This is the big deal. To see this mainstream cast and they are black. They are heroes. They are warriors. They are royalty. They are unapologetic. They don't have to explain why or turn it down to make anyone feel comfortable. This film is going to open up so many doors and expand the minds of the storytellers everywhere. It's about time. To all of you getting hashtag Wakanda ready for the movie tonight, have an amazing adventure. Hashtag Black Panther. So thanks, Kiki. And thanks for letting us read that. That wasn't to our Facebook page, but um, but she did give us permission to read that here. So thank you. All right. It's time for... Uh, a little bit of Agent Daniel. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready for a little bit of Agent Daniel? And when I say oh. you guys, I <laughs> so let's let's do this. I have I have not listened to these, so I do not know what what he's thinking. I never know what he's thinking. Oh yeah, Agent Daniel calling in a black Black Panther. Wondering how many uh, calls this is going to take. But first and foremost, let me start with Kevin Feige. Congratulations. You did it. This is two movies in a row with congratulations from me. Kevin Feige, UMCU'd claw. You did it. It made sense. It made perfect sense. And it, it, here's the thing that impressed me the most about claw. Not only did they figure out how to deal with the sound hand and come up with a good way to deal with it, but we also really pulled off some of the crazy that we would see in the comics. Some of the, the weirdness, some of the just, like, this guy is a weird cat. And, uh, yeah, Kevin and the crew, um, they figured it out from uh, director to actor and all the all the pieces to put together a perfect MCUing of a, a, a villain. Too bad we won't see him again. But congratulations, you MCU'd a really weird villain. Congratulations. You did good. Otherwise, you know, Black Panther is an interesting movie to me. The word, the word I'm often going to use is 
Brave. It's a Brave movie because for something that's clearly a blockbuster, it's not a traditional superhero movie. We have long stretches of no fighting, if you really think about it. We've got a lot of talking, a lot of setup, a lot of big ideas. And you talk about uh, leadership, monarchies, um, roles within a world. You know, there's a lot of big, big concepts that are being played with here, which at times, I'll be, I'll be honest, be two long stretches of non-excitement. Um, where you, with a Winter Soldier, you know, we we get to think for a while, but we also get to we also get to spend time hitting a lot. Um, but you know what? I I think it works. I really do. I think this movie really it does work at the end of the day. It's not Winter Soldier for me. I I wish maybe I had planned to think more and hit less when I entered the, into the movie theater. Because it is a really good movie. But it may not it may not necessarily be what I was expecting. I was expecting more punching and hitting. Um we talk about female empowerment. How many strong female characters, African American female characters do we have here? That I'm gonna be blunt, don't need no man. Don't need a Black Panther to show them the way. I mean in many ways it's the female cast is the real star of the show. Showing us so many strong female roles from soldier to matriarch, scientist slash millennial, um, to the to finding my own destiny. All right, so Agent Daniels cut off by the three minute um, time limit, and uh, I, as I said before, anyone who calls in, if you get cut off by that three minute time limit and you're not named Daniel Butcher. Um, we will just call right back and we'll <laughs> stitch them together as if nothing ever happened. Um, but if you're Daniel, if you're Butcher, Daniel Butcher, we're going to make a big deal about you talking too long and, and then we'll play the other one. Cause we do have one more voicemail from him. So, yeah, but I, I mean, and once again, Daniel says everything I want to say better. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Well, it is interesting. He, he is definitely reflecting your experience, Stuart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is I appreciate because I, you know, sometimes felt like I was the only one. So let's uh, play part two and let's see if he uh, plays the, do you know who I am? You cut me off um, card like card. he's done before, <laughs> or if he's just going to go ahead and, and just jump right back in and, and, and be polite about things and just know, hey, <laughs> I'm not, we're I'm not, not doing this. It's just, it's out. the automatic thing. It cuts you off at three minutes. There's nothing we can do about it. Learn how to record an MP3 and send that in. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're the you know the guy who started this with me, <sighs> or or maybe be on the show, Daniel. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. How is it you get him to come on Infinity Initiative? Oh, do you know how much begging and pleading I had to do? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and and I hit I hit all three of his buttons right. So I hit I hit Disney and I hit Marvel and I hit movie. And that and that turned into Iron Man too. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if we get him on another one. But let's uh, get him on here with his final two minutes, and he does not get cut off in this one. So let's let's hear the rest of what he had to say. Yeah, and I mean honestly, it's a female cast. You know, Black Panther for a while had a title called Black Panther and the Crew. It really should have been the Crew. Um, but in many ways, this movie to me felt like Black Panther and the Crew, where it's just in the Crew and Black Panther. Because really, the ladies are often the heroes. 
they really are. Um, he's there, but he's learning and struggling and growing. But it's the ladies that are helping him learn. It's the ladies who are protecting him. The ladies that allow him to uh, really uncover his destiny again of uh, being Black Panther. When even his, his father is really still holding back from him. So, yeah. And hey, we get some Everett Ross. I love meeting Everett Ross in the world of Black Panther. Um, one of my requirements of Everett Ross is he really needs to be put upon. They really need to be like, uh, I got my plan, and then someone comes and ruins it, and straight out, Black Panther does ruin his plan. Uh, so, I like seeing Everett more. I want to see Everett in another Black Panther movie. I'm sure he'll be some sort of liaison to Wakanda. But, I mean, Everett Ross is, you know, he's no Coulson. He isn't, because he's a little bit, he's supposed to be a little bit more befuddled at times than Coulson. He's got to be capable, capable, tomfoolery, capable failure. Um, I want to see a little bit more, a little bit more Everett Ross. It's, 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 we're getting away from the, the cocky Everett that we saw in, uh, in Civil War. We're now getting into the Everett who, I'm here, but something's not going to go right for me. So. All right, Black Panther. I'd tell you to go see it, but I think the entire world has. Peace out later. Bye. All right. So, I mean, clearly, Daniel is right. It's a good movie. So, he's he's on the right side of Welcome to Level 7. Yes. And Ben said you were right. It's, you know. It's not the first time. Won't be the last. Well, maybe it'll be the last, but it's not the first time. <laughs> did you hear that, Ben? Daniel, it's the last time you're right. You just call him Daniel. I did. Is that our? Is that our? Uh, uh, your 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 Brangelina. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want it, we'll do it. But I I was gonna let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so, all right. Well, any final words here before we we move on and and finish this episode? Yeah, Mark, he's the one actor. Man, you need to really work on that accent. You really don't. You sound like an Englishman trying to sound American. Which he is. I was going to say. Yeah, but some people can do it well. Others, they need to work on it. And Martin Freeman, I love you. You're a great actor. Relax a little. Martin Freeman, if you're listening to this show, um, call us and we will put you in touch with uh, Samantha so that you can have a proper rebuttal. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes, and, please. That'd and be don't awesome. talk to me about proper American accents because mine is just dumb. <laughs> you have a dumb American accent? I do. I have this like Southern Indiana thing that mixes in with that Ontario. And it's just. Yeah, it's you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, a little on the weird side. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I just want to say to you two, um, I mean, first of all, to everyone who's listening, thank you for for listening and thank you for, um, you know, sending in your thoughts and, and you know, we we'd love to hear more. Oh, I did have one more thought. Shoot. I didn't bring this up earlier, but I'm bringing it up now. I want some Wakandans on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So easy to do. <sighs> So easy to do. You want to tie this tie Agents of Shield into the greater MCU? 
put some Wakandans in there. It's so easy to do. Yeah. It's not going to happen. This one could. It could. It could. This could. Because it's not. It has nothing to do with any greater thing. It's just. And it's it's going down, right? Instead of going up. I absolutely see that it could. Besides, what are they going to do? Be Wakandans in space? Wakandans in space. Now, the. Actually, in the future, you say that, that. and then you're like, "Oh, that's awesome, though." Yeah, right. (laughs) No, I actually like that idea. I want I I put up, but (laughs) every movie I want more. (laughs) I want just a little bit more. Every single movie. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so there's that. But I I do want to say to you, Samantha Stewart, and also to Michael, who's helped us out, Nevin, who's helped us out, and even Daniel. I guess, uh, you know, the, when they say podcasting is hard, it is, it's hard. And so I just want to give anyone who's podcasting. I want you to follow my example of how I've done this podcast and succeeded. And, and, and this example that I have was summed up with these words, which is you're going to struggle. So surround yourself with people you trust. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. So yeah, I surrounded myself with people I trust and, and also Daniel. And also Daniel. Yeah. You know, if, if I were to compare you two to characters in Black Panther, then you'd be T'Challa. Okay, I'd you're, accept you're, that. You're, sure. you're in the lead, you're strong, funny. Daniel would be Shuri. <laughs> <laughs> because... She was always coming back to bite T'Challa and to bring him down just a little bit to remind him he's human too. And he is her brother. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also a lot of love in in their interactions. And I, I, that's, that's gotta be appreciated. Here's what I want to know. Yeah. This is kind of related to Daniel and not really, are we going to see Wakanda at like animal kingdom or something? Because that would be a tie-in. Yeah. I don't know. Because isn't Animal Kingdom becoming Av- Avatar Land or something like that? It, uh, it, there is part of Avatar Land there. But it's there's so much other stuff. I mean, I think they have an African jungle safari already. Yeah, yeah they do. Uh, I also need to say this. Um, <laughs> because we didn't 
No, we did. I did say something about Star Trek already. Okay, Whew, never mind. I was afraid I we didn't mention Star Trek about... in this episode. Oh, well. Yes, we did. For a moment, I, I was, I was worried worst... there. Now, yeah, you, you brought up the worst of the it, but... <laughs> oh, man. No, it, that, that's so bad, and it's such a bad, bad story. I mean, the, if you listen to, like, the, the uh, mission log on it, the guy was so disrespectful and and literally, literally a bona fide racist. What like guy? he didn't the, the director of Code of Honor. Oh, really? Like the yeah. Huh. He brought him in. He was just I hate all these, and he was using all the slurs and everything. It was it was bad. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. That that's one that when I do rewatches. Uh, the last time I did a rewatch of Next Generation, maybe 15 years ago, I had forgotten about that episode. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, maybe 10 years ago. But talking right along, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, no. oh I, I remembered season one being bad, but and that sh- that episode will never come up voluntarily on my end with my kids when we watch Star Trek. No, because no, it's so bad. I mean, most of season one doesn't even really when I watch. No. I, I'll watch Encounter at Farpoint and then, you know, maybe step through a couple of the other ones, but that's it. Oh, and hey, uh, for those who are listening and care, um, Star Trek Discovery ended well. Yes, it did. Yeah, not, very, not perfect. Very well. Not perfect, but really well. I liked it. So, yeah. Okay. I hit all the buttons that I like. Well, we've talked about Star Trek. I think that's good enough for our, an end of our post credit. And uh, Samantha compared me to T'Challa and I will accept <laughs> that comparison and, and appreciate it. And I did find a website. Uh, Daniel mentioned there's leadership lessons. There's actually already a website that has a blog post that is, what was it? Uh, 19 leadership lessons from Black Panther or something like that. So, oh. Yeah, it's there. I mean, and it, it's actually it's a, it's actually a really good blog post. 19 leadership lessons from T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Lesson one, throw demagnetizer things at cars. Yeah. Well, no, that's not it, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Later, you two. Bye. Bye.